Everything discussed on the 9 o'clock is wholly opinion. We are not experts. We have no alphabet soup of credentials after our names. We're just two people who overthink things and had enough adult money to buy podcast mics. Nothing said here should be taken as medical or legal advice. Seriously. No, don't. That would be terrible for you, probably. Be sure to leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. It helps us. How? We aren't sure. But yeah, do that. Welcome to the 9 o'clock, the place where I pretend like I'm part of the brand. <laughs> I'm Jackson Latheland. I'm Gwetta Latheland. <laughs> so tonight's You're episode... You're part of the brand, honey. Well, I must be now. <laughs> tonight's part of the... Or yeah, tonight's episode. Uh, so this is one that kind of occurred to me the other day. A uh, little bit of post-holiday snacking going yeah, on. As one does, yes. Yeah, yeah, it, it, Exactly. Uh, so I, I had gotten a bag of chips and I sat down and I realized about halfway into eating my chips that I had opened a bag and poured them into a bowl mm-hmm. and then came over and sat down next to you and, mm-hmm. you know, we were going about our, our thing and I realized right. you have trained me <laughs> to not eat out of bags yeah. because that is like, like, like fingernails on chalkboard. Times to, 18. To you, yes. It's a trigger. It's a trigger, yeah. And so it, it made me think, you know, for tonight's episode, are we responsible for our significant other's triggers? That's, that's, that's a really good question. Okay, so before we get too, too deep in the weeds, yeah. I, I'm going to put out there, I am trigger warning sensitive. Like, I try to add trigger warnings to my content wherever I'm making it, wherever I'm releasing it. If I know that I'm going to be talking about one of like the the big banner issues that that can trigger a lot of people and trigger warning for what I'm about to say, if I'm talking about domestic violence or a potential eating disorder or sexual assault or abuse, I recognize that that can be triggering on a lot of levels for a lot of people who have had kind of this shared awful experience. Right. So if I know that's going to be a topic of discussion, especially since for me, that's a little outside like my normal content yeah so if you have no reason to expect that this might be something that's that's normally what gwenna talks about uh yeah no i'll add the trigger warning but i also take into account that i am not responsible for every trigger on the planet if you have had an incredibly damaging and horrible experience with aluminum foil and i in a video show myself covering something with aluminum foil. I, I'm sorry that you are triggered by aluminum foil. I, that is a valid <laughs> experience that you had. Your feelings are valid, but I cannot possibly trigger warning for every single type of thing that could trigger every single type of person. Ultimately you are responsible for your own triggers. You are responsible for metering your own intake, metering, 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 metering. (laughs) It's a good thing I talk for a living, Uh, metering your own responses to things that, that may trigger you. So with that in mind, is it different when we live with a human being full time, like full time cohabitation with a significant other of one variety of another? I am so good at the one variety or another. Gonna, you should get into podcasting. You talk real good. That's them. They're good words. That's them. They're good words. Yeah. So uh, now, 
All that said, all you know, I I I feel like I've covered my bases. Yeah, I am sensitive to your triggers. I'm not always responsible for your triggers. Right. I will do the best I can to give you fair warning. I cannot possibly predict what everybody is triggered by. You you can predict what I am going to be triggered by like 98% of the time after yeah. over a decade together like you know what's going to be triggered. Now, I would like to rise up in defense of this chip pack thing here. <laughs> okay. So, Go for it. So like there is a difference between an annoyance and a pet peeve and a trigger. Uh-huh. Now, Jackson, you know this story. Uh, it's not just nails on chalkboard for me with the chip bags. It's an actual trigger. <laughs> trigger warning. Let's just go ahead and assume that at any point I may say something triggering in this episode. I'm just going to stop trigger warning. 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 Good night. It's a good night. It's 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 post Christmas, and I, my brain has not turned back on. Yeah. Um. So my previous marriage uh not a great marriage not a great relationship and he would do things just to get under my skin i've never liked the crinkly sound of chip bags um it's just it, it was always a pet peeve and once my ex figured out that it was a pet peeve of mine with the crinkly crunchy plasticky sound of chip bags he would walk up behind me and rattle the chip bag. Yeah. And he, he wouldn't stop. Like he, it was, it was, he weaponized that. And so it got to the point that now chip bags can be triggering to me because it throws me back into those days when I was abused with chip bags. That's weird to say, but like, he, it's he, a mental. I mean, it's yeah, a psychological thing. Yeah, yeah. He, he would he would psychologically torment me with this yeah. thing. So it, it moved beyond pet peeve into now chip bags. And, and this is not always like I've done the therapy. I've done the, the recovery. I've done the, the coping. Um, but once a trigger, always a trigger. Um, I've now trained you to just stop using chip bags. When I did it willingly. Right. Now, let me put a, uh, a caveat on this. And right. Not a caveat. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do an addendum to. Okay. So for all those people out there who are thinking, a chip bag? Really? That's your trigger? That yeah. just seems... <laughs> How many of you have been in a movie theater and someone in the theater during like good parts of the movie, especially if it's a quiet part, Won't a lot of good stories. messing with the, yes. the candy bag. Now think about that and just imagine you're in a movie all the time. Right. Or in a movie theater anyway. I guess some right. people think they're in a movie all the time. <laughs> but if you're in a theater all the time, like mentally... Emotionally, mm-hmm. if you're in a theater all the time and somebody's walking around just constantly rattling kind of noise those bags, yeah. when you're trying to focus on something. Yeah, yeah it's, it is annoying. It is. So you knowing what my history was, mm-hmm. um, you eventually just learned to stop using the chip bags. Yeah. Uh, you pour chips out into a plate. You uh, you you'll you'll even like if it's like those little snack bags where it's a perfectly good container. Yeah. No reason to dirty a dish for, you know, a handful of barbecue chips. You'll actually tear it all the way open. Like yeah. This little plate, this little napkin thing. Like a little napkin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you willingly do that because you're aware of my history. You're aware of my story. Um, but you do not claim ownership. You do not take responsibility for all of my triggers. Another one of my triggers is video gaming. Right. Because my ex was a video gamer to the point of shirking other responsibilities. So I developed a very unhealthy view of all games. Right. Like, 
in that instance, that was the human being who was abusing the technology, not the technology messing with the human, which both of those those dynamics can go either way. But in this case, it was the human abusing the technology. I, in my coping and dealing with it, associated the games with the problematic piece of my my traumatic history with my ex. Right. You you're like, okay, cool story. I recognize that games are a problem. I'm going to play games anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Now, in fairness, we did. uh, We sat down and had several discussions about this, Mm -hmm. even initially. Yeah. Like it was something you you let me know early on. Right. And so I kind of avoided it at first. Did you? Sure. I mean, I it, when we were dating, uh-huh. if we were spending time together, I was never playing video games. Well, that's true. It but wasn't we until we were married that I started playing games again. That's true. But I, kn- I knew you played video games. I you mean, did. you would tell me. Yeah. Now, having said that, it wasn't a thing where it's like, okay, I'll stop doing it for now and then I'll just gradually come back yeah. into it and, and you won't even notice. You just prioritized your time differently. I did. Yeah. Um, and it, And it was important to me at the time. So I understood that there was a a let's call it a prior bias yes um and and i understood that you understood that it's not fair to apply that to a mm-hmm. person right but our biases are what they are they're yeah. based on our experience right and, and whatever we do so you you brought that experience with you from a former relationship a previous mm-hmm. relationship and despite that you still tried your best not to apply it to me I tr- I, as best as you could as best as i could i wasn't yeah. always successful there are yeah. times that i definitely like i just I, I need to i need to go to another room because it i mean it got i was aware that it was me i was aware that it was in my own head but that didn't change that it felt very uncomfortable right for you to have you did everything you were supposed to. You're like, all right, I'm going to sit down and relax with a video game. And all of a sudden my squirrely brain went, no. When, He's going to be like your ex now. I think you could, not to get too deep in the video game weeds, but you probably are even aware at this point that, how, how often do I play multiplayer games? <laughs> never. Almost never. You, know, you are that antisocial that even the digital personas <laughs> of human beings, you're like, nah. <laughs> no. Yeah. I, I do farming and fishing in my uh, digital, no, I'm just kidding. No, uh, you are not. Halfway. <laughs> Actually, I do have a VR fishing. I haven't tried it yet, but oh my gosh! Uh, anyway, so as far as as far as my perspective on that, the, basically, what my I guess my my plan of action was was right. Okay, I'm in a relationship. I like the relationship a whole lot more than I like my video game relationship. So <laughs> I pushed it aside, and my thought was, I'll use that opportunity, however long it took, uh-huh. to establish with you. Not only, you are not my ex. Exactly. Not only boundaries, right. that I'm capable of boundaries, mm-hmm. but exactly that, that I'm not the same person that. Right. And so there came a point where I actually asked you or, or I wanted a game. Right. And I told you I wanted a game mm-hmm. and it was for the computer. So we didn't have an ex- or a, a, what a PlayStation or whatever right. at the time. We didn't have a console. Yeah. Um, and you were like, yeah, I get, I guess. Sure. Why not? Yeah. And so I got the game. Got it home, played it a little bit. And even then it was very off and on. I might mm-hmm. spend half an hour, maybe right. an hour in it. It wasn't like an all night thing. I uh-huh. wasn't, I wasn't going to bed at two o'clock in the morning and right. still trying to get up for work the next day. Right. So I didn't let it, you know, control me mm-hmm. the way. And, and I'll be the first to admit this when I was younger. Right. Cause I'm my, my upbringing was when the video games really started to become yeah. a thing. Yeah. So I absolutely had the 
addictive personality. Yeah. yeah. As a gamer when I was younger, but no, I think, uh, it, it just came down to priorities for me and I, I prioritized you mm-hmm. and your feelings over that. And then as our relationship has, has moved forward. Well, bo- both of us matured. I, yeah. I didn't, I'll, I'll not lie. There are times that the video gaming still feels it, it's, it makes a part of my brain itchy that I then have to turn around and go, no, that's just your trauma. That's your anxiety trying to creep up for no good reason. Right. This is an unjustified. No, no, you don't get to act like that because someone hurt you over a decade ago. Stop it. Gwenna. No, no. I bully myself out of my trauma. <laughs> Would it be fair to say that this is born of almost like escapism as in the person in this case, that's doing the triggering with the video game. Right. It, it, the the trigger comes from an idea of the person doing it before was using it as a way to escape, to escape responsibility, to escape real yeah, life. Pr- probably, probably. Yes, it, it was very much a substitute for reality yeah. for, for my ex. And I, I recognize and, and that's that's what I have to do. Uh, like I have tried very hard uh, through various methods, through therapy, through just talking myself through bullying myself out of it. That right. No. You are not wasting time. You are not escaping or shirking responsibility. Yes, you are escaping reality. That is the nature of video games. I do the same thing with books. Right. Like that is why entertainment like this exists is to get a break from our very real world, enter another one for a time being. And then after a responsible amount of time, close that down and re-enter the real world. Like escapism done responsibly is fine. And I have to constantly remind myself that you are not my ex. You are not being hurtful. You are not being negligent. You are just wasting time that is yours to waste floating around this weird alien underwater environment. (laughs) I don't have to understand it to know that you, you really do enjoy the, the premise of the game and the time you spend in it. Therefore, it is not a waste of time to you. Like I, I have had to take the mature steps to, to dissociate you from my traumatic past, from my trigger. Right. You are not triggering to me. Your activities are not triggering to me. That doesn't change the fact that every now, every once in a while, my brain's like, mm, yeah, this feels familiar, doesn't it? No, it does not. It's not the same at all. Well, and you, I, I would hope that, no, I, I know this for sure. You, you still have the ability occasionally to let me know. Yeah. I mean, it's not, we're, it's, it's not such a problem that uh, you're afraid to say anything to right. me, afraid I'm going to blow up or something. No, mo- most of the time, if there's, if there's that niggle in the back of my head that goes, yeah. mm, this, I don't like this. He's, he's spent a lot of time in the game. Most of the time I can talk myself out of it. But I have oh, every once in a while gone, hey, can we watch a movie? Um, and I don't think you've ever told me no. You have, you've gone so far as to, okay, let me get to a point that I can save. Yeah. Okay. Reasonable request. And then you turn the game off and we watch a movie or we play a game or, you know, we take the kids in the van and go somewhere. Right. Um, you've never not told me. In fact, I have interrupted you in the middle of a dungeon battle on one of your role-playing games. Like, Hey, watch this random video. And you're like, (laughs) okay, honey, I'll do that now. (laughs) I've died. So that makes it easier. (laughs) 
It's okay. I don't lose my stuff. I'll respawn <laughs> 30 minutes ahead of where I was. Which which helped a long way in in shifting my view of my own trigger. Yeah. Because that was, that was not a thing that was granted to me. In fact, I, that was sure to trigger... A fight. A fight or right. a consequence for me for having dared interrupt the gaming time. Yeah. So that is our personal interaction with triggers. And we've got other triggers. Um, you've, you've got some triggers. Um, but in general, we, through communication, time, patience, and mutual appreciation, worked our way through the things that trigger us. Yeah. But how responsible is a partner for their partner's triggers? Is that something that should be reasonably expected of anyone you're entering a long-term committed relationship, however that relationship looks? Is it is it reasonable to go, okay, I have a trigger to water coolers, and so I need you to never, ever, ever mention water coolers? <laughs> well, since you put it that way, <laughs> honestly, I think in my opinion, um, my responsibility, I'll, I'll use my own yeah. thoughts on it. Um, my responsibility to your triggers uh, essentially is mine in so much as was I aware of the trigger before we met? Right. Or not before we met, but before we married. Before, yeah. Um, was it something I accepted and, and openly accepted to you? Like, told you, when you told me about the trigger, my response was, okay, no problem. I won't do the thing. We'll make steps to avoid that. We'll right. do these other things. If I went that far, then it is my responsibility to uh-huh. continue that. It's almost like making a promise. Uh-huh. If I did not communicate to you at the time that what you're asking me to do and as far not just recognizing the the triggers, but then to also change my behavior and actions in right. regards to that. If it's and and everybody's different. If it, if it's uh if it if it requires a certain amount of change on your part that is uncomfortable on my part, I'm sorry, that is right. uncomfortable or even beyond a comfort issue. Right. Even if it's something where logically I disagree uh-huh. with with that request. If I don't communicate that to you, right, that's on me, right. So it's not that I'm. I, I feel like it's your fault for having the trigger because, right. I mean, triggers can come from anywhere. Right. Sometimes it's someplace you don't even know where it came from. Right. But I think it just depends on the degree of the trigger and whether or not you communicate it out. Mm-hmm. That being said, if if it's something that I caused, <laughs> I'm a little responsible for that, right. Uh, especially if you were willing to talk to me about it right. and bring it to my attention. Yeah. Um, at, at, the, at the very least, it's worth a discussion. But in the same token, the responsibility part of it's a tough one because I kind of feel like it's both our responsibility. Mm-hmm. It's both of our responsibility to try and come to a middle, not a, even a middle ground, but a resolution for it. Well, that's as favorable. a person who came to our relationship with way more triggers <laughs> <laughs> than you did. Um, one of the things that, that I found difficult, especially you were not my first relationship after my broken traumatic relationship. Uh I dated a couple other people before you, um, but you were by far the one that got really serious, the most serious unseriousness. Um, we're not serious at all. Um, you you were you were the one that that got the furthest yeah. obviously yeah so i win yeah. <laughs> just, is it a competition just kidding i mean in a way it is but who's who's keeping track <laughs> you apparently <laughs> so uh, 
as the person who came to the relationship with far more triggers, um, I, it's a, it's a weird conversation to have with someone when you're like, okay, so this is going to sound really irrational. Um, I don't like chip bags and video games are a problem. Uh, your thoughts go. (laughs) (laughs) What do you not like? (laughs) It's your turn to talk. Let's just glaze over the whole conversation like that. That is a, it is a difficult conversation to have. Yeah. So I feel like if, if you find yourself a partner and you get to the point that you're like, I really like this person. I feel really comfortable. I feel really safe. I have strong feelings for this human being. Um, I'm going to go ahead and share, you know, some of my, some of my traumatic past and some of the things that like, I can't like, uh, it's scary to tell someone, um, if they respond, well, that seems stupid. That could be your sign that maybe this isn't your forever. (laughs) Well, maybe this isn't a good match, but, but that being said, some of those things, like you said, it kind of depends on the level of communication. If you're like, okay, I fully understand those. I don't get them but I understand that they're triggers for you. We're going to do our best to work around this to avoid this when possible. And then even you, I don't think you set out to, to, to de-trigger me, but like there was still a reasonable expectation of, can I, can I try this? Can I do this? Yeah. Are you ready for me to game? Are I, I will never get used to the chip bags. I just, I, it was a pet peeve before right. it was a trigger. So like just it's the sun chip bags that did it. Is it? <laughs> I think in my mind with the with the chip bag thing, I think I think where my mind was with it is uh, taking the steps I took, yeah, to try and 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 not and like mitigate, you said, try and mitigate. The, it it wasn't that off putting to me. Yeah, I mean, how how was, difficult is it? Right. <laughs> just, I just have to think about it. Right. Which which I mean is a is a compliment because it means I'm thinking about you when Aww. I'm doing something, but. Uh, aside from that, it's not the most romantic way to think about a person. <laughs> um, I don't want to uh, send my wife into flashbacks. I'm just going to, I'm going to pour these chips out. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. Romance of the year. No. Um, <laughs> they say romance is dead. No, it just changes when you get older. <laughs> it involves barbecue chips now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's where, I think that's where it is in my head is if I'm aware of the trigger, if you've, if you've made me aware of the trigger. Mm-hmm. And it it really isn't that many steps on my part to try. And I don't know what the number of steps it is for everybody. Right. I mean, it's obviously different from from people right. to people, and per, obviously from trigger to trigger. But uh-huh. something like that, that one was an easy one on my part. So I've got two questions for you. I'm going to ask them both, so we can promptly forget about one, never get to it, and leave an absolute cliffhanger and plot hole in our own podcast. Okay. So the first question is, what about moving triggers? And I'll explain that in just a sec. Okay. And what happens if you listen to a person's uh, story, you hear their triggers and go, nope, too much, can't handle. So what I, when I say a moving trigger, what that is, is I can identify, you know, very specific reasons why chip bags trigger me. Yeah. Very specific reasons why video games trigger me. But pretty much anyone with trauma will all of a sudden develop a trigger that they could not have predicted. It might not have had anything to do with, but the way our brains work, the way memories are built, the way trauma is processed, all of a sudden you smell a, a flower that's just not super common. You smell gardenia or something. Right. And all of a sudden you are thrown back to that traumatic point. You didn't even realize that 
gardenia was a trigger for you. You smelled gardenia before. And now all of a sudden, like you can't, it makes you physically sick to smell gardenia. What happens when someone is still in the, the process of processing their trauma, which for a lot of people, depending on the trauma, can be a lifelong process of really just coming to terms and grappling with and handling those terrible things that happened to them in their past. How do you deal with, with moving triggers with someone who's come from trauma, who's coming to yeah. you, maybe slightly broken uh, and in the process of healing? Well, for me, I think uh, recognizing that we all have our own experiences mm-hmm. and kind of the idea of, of whatever the trauma is that you've experienced, mm-hmm. I may not necessarily be able to relate to it, mm-hmm. but what I can do is empathize yeah. with you on that. And for me, that's especially since I love you, mm-hmm. uh, even early on when you told me some of these, tr- these triggers, like in the early days, yeah, it was still something where I could empathize enough with, with what you referred to the trauma mm-hmm. that I could see how it got to where it was mm-hmm. to the, the trigger. I mean, yeah. And even though in, in this case that the, the trigger may be something that comes up much later, uh-huh. having known that past, yeah. if something comes First of all, like you said, you communicate. We both communicate a lot. Mm -hmm. So you'll let me know right away if Mm -hmm. something is triggering. The other thing, too, is uh, for me, not all triggers come from the same type of trauma. Right. Sometimes sometimes it's the things that get left unspoken over time. You know, it's the idea of if, if, if you let something bother you, but it's something small. Mm-hmm. How many of those small things have to build before it becomes something monumental, right? Right. The, the, the straw that broke the camel's back. Right, right. So you hit the breaking point. That in and of itself can cause a trigger. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it may not be one major instance. It might just be a whole bunch of things you've, you've bottled up, you've, right. you've held on to. You, you didn't communicate. It's, it's the risk of picking your battles. It, that's exactly where my brain was going. <laughs> it's, not, it's not that every battle is worth fighting. Mm-hmm. but the flip side of that's true too, that some battles are worth fighting. Well, no, here, here's my hot take on this. Yeah. Not every battle is worth fighting, but if you're holding on to that, you were fighting a one-sided battle. You didn't let that go. Right. That's true. So you, by picking your battle, you decide not to battle it at all. Yeah. And if you're still thinking about that, you know, soppy wet towel left on the floor or the sock that missed the hamper three days later, you didn't, you picked that battle. Right. You just didn't tell the other person they were fighting. <laughs> so <laughs> to essentially answer what you were, what your, your question was to try and take the long way around to getting to the answer. As, um, as we do. Uh, yeah. This, this, is, <laughs> this is something you knew about me when you married me. Um, essentially Found to me. a new trigger. I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding. Let's discuss it then. Um, <laughs> essentially uh so my my process is to figure out okay is the trigger something that is something that i caused Mm -hmm. and is solely mine right Uh, like like my cause Mm -hmm. therefore my responsibility to to immediately do something about it or is it just okay i recognize that you're struggling with this new thing let's take steps to avoid recover and work on and work on you right at whatever whatever feels right for mm-hmm. your particular relationship yeah yeah that feels reasonable yeah okay so the next part is something that 
I have had happen and I hold no ill will whatsoever. So immediately prior to you, but after my uh, previous marriage, my Uh first marriage ended, took some time off dating, then dated a, a few guys, you know, before finally meeting you. Right. The boyfriend immediately prior to you, we had gotten to a certain stage of the relationship. I decided to go ahead and, you know, release my crazy. And I was like, all right, so this is the full backstory. Uh, and, and these are my triggers. Now, those were not the exact words I said, but it was the yeah. essence of the conversation, right? Yeah. And he took some time to process that and ultimately told me, I have a lot going on in my own life. I come to the table with my own trauma and my own triggers. And I do not feel that I have the wherewithal to undertake yours. Yeah. If you're willing to undertake mine, that's fantastic. But if we both can't do it for each other, we're just going to end up hurting each other. So to answer your question, because I kind of know where you're going with this. Right. Now, here's the thing to let people know. I'm aware of this story. Yes. I know who this person is. Yes. Um, <laughs> hey, the, he doesn't know him personally. He just correct. knows of this prior relationship. Yeah. None of this is new information to us. We're just giving you lots of backstory because you're listening to us. Well, I'm a little biased because had he not done that and you guys had pursued a uh, relationship, <laughs> I might not be in this picture now. Uh, but myself aside, I honestly have a lot of respect for him mm-hmm. making the decision he did. And yeah. as, as, as hurtful as that may seem at the time. And obviously this can't work for everybody. Right. This particular situation, though, he recognized something that I think even you didn't recognize at the time. No, it, it hurt a lot then. Right. Now, looking back, I agree. Like that was the decision to make. Was it selfish? Yes. Yes, it was. Was it selfish in a detrimental way? No. Right. No, I think ultimately his judgment to end our relationship based off what I was asking him to do to continue our relationship, which was be partially responsible, be partially aware, be partially prepared to deal with if I get triggered and him being able to say, I can't do that. I won't be able to do that for you. And so it's hurt now or double hurt later. Well, he, in a sense, he spoke on both sides of the sword. Uh-huh. On one hand, the the um, selfish part of it was him saying, I don't want to take on somebody else's baggage. Right. Not in this way. The flip side of that sword, though, is he was also communicating to you, look, I, I'm afraid I will add to your trauma. Uh-huh. And I don't think that's good for you. Right. Or me. Right. But even then, I'm looking out for you. Right. And saying that. And, and again, having... Having heard this and knowing of this, this okay. situation, <laughs> I don't think he had any malice intent. No. If, if I recall, he tried to remain friends afterward for quite we, a while. We did. We, we, we tried the whole friend after a breakup thing. And as with most friends after yeah. breakup things, and it didn't work, but it wasn't because we were angry about the breakup. It was just. just honestly, just went different. We drifted. Paths. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that, I mean, that would be that would be my take. Uh, yeah. Now, that's not to say we're not blessing people be like, oh, I can just break up with her because I don't want to deal with her trauma. No, no, don't don't do that. That's not what we're saying here. We're saying there is a point. I'm also saying it will absolutely hurt if you are the person in a relationship with the triggers and someone looks at you and goes, I cannot handle your trauma. I cannot handle everything you brought and everything you asked. 
But I really think that any sort of breakup is really saying that even if trauma and triggers aren't in the mix, when someone breaks up with you, they're saying, I can't handle everything you are, everything you can and or will be. Yeah. That's just not for me. So it's not going to make it feel better. But there is a certain self-awareness it takes to say, I'm breaking up with you. I'm ending this relationship. I'm changing the direction of our relationship because I can't give you the support that I think you ultimately need and deserve. That's what my ex-boyfriend told me. Right. Was I can't give you the support you deserve. I don't want to add to your baggage with my own. And he did low-key say, I am concerned you cannot support me in my own needs. And knowing what I know of this human being, I think he's right. I don't think I would have been able to, at that point in my life, I would have been able to give him the support that I needed myself. Like, it was just going to be, it was a cluster beep, if we're being perfectly honest. Yeah. Did I just beep myself? Yes. Yes, I did. Did you just beep yourself? I yes. Did, yes, I you did. did. I did just beep myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it, it, it sucks because there, there is a certain, the more aware we become of mental health yeah. and uh, trauma responses and uh, that, that sort of realm of how the brain works, especially when the brain has been put under a lot of stress, right. emotional stress, the more we want to have these conversations that, oh, well, you need to be accepting of a human being as they are if you love them. And that is very, very true. But I also hearken back to if you love a thing, you need to let it go. I think there does come a point at which it is responsible. It is acceptable. It won't hurt less, but it is kind of the bigger person thing to do to say, I can't help you. Yeah. I can't be that for you. Um, and I'm sorry, uh, but I just, I don't, I can't, that's I, not. I know what stopped me in the past when I was much younger, long before we met was, mm-hmm. um, fear yeah. oftentimes of, of, coming to that realization fear of being alone right i mean loneliness is a real thing and oh, absolutely the the pandemic has proven that oh yeah you can be surrounded by people and absolutely alone yep so that was that I, I i get you know where where a person might come from yeah with that yeah so now here's the question let's this this is purely hypothetical i don't have any experience with this i don't think you do either Let's say you you've gotten to the point where you've talked about the hard stuff. You've kind of you've kind of laid that that broken puzzle in front of your partner or really your potential partner. Because mm-hmm. if you haven't had these conversations, I would struggle to call them a partner. You're dating them at that point. And I know that's kind of splitting hairs, but so you've laid out this brokenness in front of them and said, these are my triggers. This is my trauma. This is what this is what I'm bringing to you. Yeah. and. You look at that and go, that's a lot. God. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know how to deal with that. I don't know how to partner that. But I really do truly love this person. I have deep feelings that this brokenness is not enough to be too much. Like, I, I want to take everything they've just shown me and keep it. Like, I recognize that. In every relationship, whether there's trauma behind it or not, in every relationship, there's flaws that you just accept 
that you grow together, mm. uh, that you overcome. That's that's relationship 101 is when you love someone, you love everything that's wrong with them as well. So you're looking at this human being and everything they've shared with you. And you're like, I have no idea what to do. What do you do then? Like, <laughs> I don't want to break up with them because their dad was a terrible person and did awful things. Right. But I don't know what to do about that either. Well, you got to be careful. And, and let me first say with this answer, I'm going to repeat what you said earlier. We are not medical professionals. <laughs> We're not experts. We're not doctors. No. We have no alphabet soup. Yeah. So this is purely opinion. And this is even speculative opinion for right. the sake of discussion. Right. Um, so if, if do not, do not tag somebody that like, well, Jackson and Gwen is at this. No, no, <laughs> we have warned you. This could be complete nonsense that happens. Yeah. In five, four, three, two, one. This could be complete nonsense. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> God. <laughs> not not to break the uh the mood here um so and no and there's answer, your nonsense all right that's the podcast folks. <laughs> to answer your question i don't know what to do there to yeah. be completely honest because here's the thing is there's there's a lot of things going on there mm-hmm. um i don't want to i don't want to try to jump into a, a realm of mental health that i don't yeah. understand if i'm in that boat mm-hmm. let's say it was you and i mm-hmm. and first of all I would caution against dumping all of your traumas yeah, at somebody's you leak feet. You the crazy out Yeah, a little slowly. bit at a time. Yeah. <laughs> there came a point where you finally asked me, like, is my crazy too much for you? Like, has your crazy already come out? I'm, just, <laughs> I'm still waiting on it. Um, <laughs> that so. that kind of indicates how many broken relationships we'd come from. Yeah. That we spent, oh God, I spent probably the first two years of our relationship. We were engaged yeah. and I was still waiting for that. For that, the shoe to drop. For the shoe to drop, yeah. right. For for the bottom to fall out and be like, oh, yep. there it is. Um, so, yes, there's there's that part of it. Uh, the other part of it, too, is if it's, it depends on what the emotion is on your side. Uh-huh. You have to, you have to be introspective enough in this situation to mm-hmm. ask yourself, Am I wanting to stay with this person because I'm terrified of damaging them more? Right. If that is your reason. Yeah. That's probably not a good reason to stay with them. Right. You may cause more damage in the long run. Mm -hmm. If the reason that if if your reasoning comes back to, look, it's a lot to deal with. I need some time to process this. We may even need to discuss this some some more and and see if there's even a chance of working through some of it. Mm hmm. But I actually genuinely care about this person, mm-hmm. not just because they're damaged, but because I actually care about them as a human. Uh-huh. I care about them emotionally. Right. All I, the parts I can, that are whole. I yeah, love those yeah. a lot. I can see a future with this person. Uh-huh. I, I can see many different futures with this person. So right. if if you legitimately sit back and introspect mm-hmm. and think it over like that and then honestly talk to the other person mm-hmm. about, OK, so they have this trauma, right? Mm-hmm. They've already laid it at your feet. Now they're waiting. They, they put the ball in your corner. They're waiting for you to see what you're going to do. How many metaphors can you cram into that sentence? I'll keep trying. Okay. Um, if, <laughs> if you get to that point and you want to have a conversation with that person about it, talk mm-hmm. to them about it, you know, uh, find out what, what kind of help they've what, gotten before. Right. I mean, well, and, and I think that's, that's the other thing that I'll add to this is you have to ask yourself, do you love it because you're a fixer? That was part of my problem 
entering my very first relationship, which ended up very bad for me. Um, I was a fixer. I looked at everything he brought to the table, all the messed up bits, all the things that should have been red flags for me Mm -hmm. in that case. I'm not calling all triggers and traumas red flags, but for me, in my specific case, the brokenness that he laid out before me should have been just one giant Rhode Island size red flag. Right. It wasn't because I was a fixer. I was like, I can fix that. Yeah, I can fix that. I think when you have that conversation with someone who goes, Hey, this is what I'm coming to the table with. Um, your job is not to fix them. That's their job. If they've had the wherewithal to say, this is where I'm broken. They know where they're broken. Yeah. (laughs) And they, it's on them to take those steps to cope with, recover, fix, whatever, whatever word feels good there. Uh, Cause every, everyone kind of has different views of what you do with trauma, how you process trauma. Right. Um, that's their job. Your job is to support. So if you've got this notion in your head of, oh, I can fix them. Red flag. Yeah. <laughs> that's no, you can't fix them. And I doubt very much they're asking you to, or if they are asking you to <gasps> red flag. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it gets a little messy. It does. It, it, everyone deserves to find their lobster. <laughs> <laughs> everyone deserves that. Um, I am of the full belief. Uh, I don't believe in love and first sight. I don't necessarily believe in fate. I don't think there's a one true love, but I do think there is several options on the planet for every single human being to find someone that is a good complement to their flavor of crazy. Right. Yeah. Um, there isn't just someone. There's multiple someones potentially. Um, I, I only found the one. Um, and I, I've said it many times. If you die before me, um, I'm replacing you with cats. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not, I'm not finding another one. We're going to end it there, folks. She's replacing me with cats. <laughs> I'm, replaced. I'm, I'm done for now until next time. <laughs> so to answer her original question, um, yeah, I'm responsible for some of her triggers. As long as we've communicated the level of, yes, you're responsible if you agreed to be responsible. Yeah. And we have done the appropriate two-way communication <laughs> about that. Essentially, it comes down to talk, talk to each other and you're probably fine. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, folks. Did, did we do an episode? What number are we? Are this we is on number four? five. This is number five? This is five. We've done five episodes? We've done, yeah. Look at that. Five. Did we Before get a jig? you know, we'll be at 50, huh? Did we get a jig? We got a jig this time. Okay. <laughs> it's very nice. All right. So that's, that's it. Okay. Leave us a rating and do all the stuff that you're supposed to do. Share the podcast. Leave a comment. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, if you have questions, if you have suggestions, any of that, contact us. Email There's us. There's a million ways to contact us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we'd, like to, we'd like to hear from you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, we're done? We're done. I can take the headphones off? Yes. Good, Don't use them. <laughs> My head itches. This has been a production of Pleasant Peasant Media. For questions, suggestions, professions of adoration, or to discuss sponsorship opportunities, email info at pleasantpeasantmedia.com. Mm-hmm.